the I didn't realize you liked me that way deal. Because it's one thing to receive McDonald's, but an entirely other thing to know that they woke up early to face the world and bring you McDonald's breakfast still hot in the bag. Appreciate you. There's a deal for every morning. Now grab two loaded sausage burritos for only three bucks. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Recorded live. Welcome to the John and Paul radio show brought to you by AdventuresInMinistry.com where you find all the resources and, and podcasts and the AIM series. Uh, hopefully that is uh, working for you, something you're using those those um, opportunities to teach and to serve. Also, don't forget about the, the Devo songs on the app. Uh, we have over 20,000 downloads for that, so we know a lot of folks are using it, and they're using it worldwide. We appreciate the phone calls, the emails, texts, and stuff, um, talking about complimenting us on the, the AIM app, the things that it's able to reach, the people it's able to reach. It's a great thing. Uh, it's a great day. It's a beautiful day uh, here on campus here in Montgomery, Alabama, at Faulkner University, um, <coughs> where we, we um, filmed this, this podcast. And uh, thank you to everyone who listens to it and all those that uh, will be downloading it and listening to it later. Uh, John's not with me. He's um, uh, being on campus. He's in the middle of uh, a uh, staff meeting there on campus, so he may join me a little bit later. We'll see about that. But the things we're talking about today is um, family ministry, you know, moving your youth ministry to a family ministry how to deal with adults, how to deal with parents is kind of what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, we'll also be talking a little more about the new uh, sports app that is um, about to release uh, next month, the month of October. Uh, a lot of new information on that, and I'm going to get a little more in detail on that, too, and then um, we'll finish out with some picks, and we'll get our, our, our folks from the um, from the uh, <laughs> from the, the chat room to come in and call in and be a part of it. Uh, so Andrew Thompson uh, from uh, Rogersville, I'm pretty sure they're um, near uh, the Florence, Alabama area. He will, he's a youth minister there. Uh, hopefully we'll get him to be able to call in and be a part of the show today. We'll see what, what happens on that. Uh, so let's go ahead and get started with what, we're, what the beginning of this show is about today, and that is about family ministry. And, um, and I see that Andrew is on the call, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to Andrew, let's just do this. This is the Andrew and Paul radio show today. And uh, Andrew, how you doing, man? Hey, man. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? Uh, I'm fantastic. Uh, I'm studying for my CDL so I can drive this bus uh, that wow. they have here. And uh, this is a great excuse for me to stop doing that. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, my prayers are with you. I remember studying for that test. Um a big book and the uh, 32 point inspection uh, yeah. under the hood and under the undercarriage. Uh, but once you got it done, you never have to do it again. It's, it's a blessing. That's right. Well, I've never been at a place before that even had uh, transportation, much less a bus that required a CDL. So I am uh, thrilled to do this. Awesome. Tell us about your work. Um, for those that um, will download the show later, uh, introduce you. Obviously, you used to be at uh, Rose Hill Church, and now you're – tell us where you are and um, what you do there. Yeah, um, for the last uh, three years, I was uh, in Columbus, Georgia at uh, the Rose Hill Congregation, and then uh, at the beginning of August, I moved uh, back to North Alabama, where I'm from, to 
uh, the Rogersville area, and not a lot of people have ever heard of Rogersville, but it's uh, halfway between uh, Florence and Athens on Highway uh, 72. And uh, my wife and I, we really just wanted to be closer to home, closer to family, and this opportunity opened up, and uh, so we, we decided to make the move. And so far, we have thoroughly uh, enjoyed it. Uh, I'm the youth minister uh, here, and opportunities have just opened up uh, like crazy. Um, the, the church building is located across the street from uh, the school here, and the principal is very open to us coming in and, and spending time with the students, uh, uh, leading devotionals and things like that. And it's been really a really great neat thing uh, to have 90% of our kids go to one school and be able to focus all my time and efforts uh, mainly on that one school instead of having to spread out between seven, eight, nine different schools like most uh, youth groups uh, are made up of. And so I'm just getting my feet wet. I've been here a month and a half and just trying to get the ball rolling. That's awesome. That's great. I won't ask you how big your your list is, your sign-up list is for Exposure Youth Camp, but I will say and give a plug to you while we're talking that um, that does open up October 1st, and hopefully folks will be taking part in that as well. Uh, I have a lot of preparation going on for that. I know that you're a part of that, so I really appreciate your your work for that. In addition to everything else you do, sounds like you, you fell into an awesome situation. I'm glad for that for you. But today we're talking about here on the show about family ministry and uh, moving your youth ministry to a family ministry, but specifically ministering to parents is sort of the aspect of what we're talking about today. And um, I just thought I'd get your, your thoughts on it, and then we'll get into some, some sports talk, if that's okay. Yeah, that's great. Okay. Well, um, basically, and some things I think that's important is the big picture of, of our ministry, of what we do, um, is that one thing we need to, a few things we need to um, admit um, to ourselves, and that is that we're an influence to these teenagers that we uh, minister to, but we're not, you know, in quotation, we're not the influence. You know, parents are the primary influencers in the lives of a student. I think that's something that needs to be, that, you know, that, that we need as ministers to communicate and let parents know that. I think they appreciate that we put that as, a, as an important part. Also, that uh, family ministry, um, it's important, but it's not easy. It's not an easy thing to, to accomplish, and it's kind of like ministry in general. It's a marathon. Uh, like everything else, because you don't go to a place and turn things around in a month um, if it needs to be turned around or if it doesn't, you know. But, you know, it takes time to, to nurture those relationships. First, got to have those relationships with kids before you can hope to have that relationship you want with parents. So what's what's sort of your thoughts on that and, and your experience with that, Andrew? Uh, well, from uh, day one, I sort of set the precedent that uh, – I consider myself more or less uh, an assistant youth minister, and I tell the parents, you are the youth minister. Uh, you set the spiritual foundation at home, and I come, I'm more or less come along to uh, encourage and continue to build the foundation that you've already set at home. In fact, a parent said to me the other day, or asked me, uh, if I felt a great deal of responsibility, uh, a weight on my shoulders, you know, making sure that these kids get to heaven, and honestly, I told her, uh, I do feel some responsibility, but I don't, it's not something that weighs heavenly on on me because I feel like it's the parent's duty at home 
to sort of build that foundation. And so um, <clears throat> the way to a parent's heart is through the kids. Um, I'm able, I've been able to build a relationship with parents by just simply showing. And y'all talked a little bit about this last week, showing up mm-hmm. to ball games, showing up to extra, right. extracurricular activities. And, and if they see that you support their kids and want the best for them uh, in the physical life as well as their spiritual life, then it's easier to make a connection with them. It's easier to get them involved, um, teaching classes, uh, chaperoning uh, trips, um, or even just being able to just sit in their home and, and visit with them. And so it's important to, to build that, that relationship. And family ministry is not uh, an easy thing because the church has sort of set a precedent that it's all about the kids, and now we're trying mm-hmm. to in- include the family after so many years of just solely focusing on the kids. Right. Wow, that, that's um, I like your your thought there about being the assistant youth minister because the parents are they're primary, they are primary. And and one thing I've noticed, I don't know if you've seen this around. I'm sure you have because you, you have um, a lot of experience as well. Um, you see some youth guys trying to teach these parents how to parent. And that's the wrong way to be. That's the wrong yeah. attitude. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, these parents had a parent unless you know, unless you've had a, a kid too. You know, once I, I once had somebody tell me, you know, you can't be a true youth minister until you've graduated a high school student. You know, and I'm like, I don't truly believe that. But I will say this: having children myself, man, man with Stephanie, it does change your focus. It does yeah. change your focus a little bit. But I, I still think we have the ability to relate and have that impact in the kids. We also need to let make sure they know. That parents are a part of the same equation. They're part of that thing. Yeah, I, I never, you know, I don't have kids yet. Um, hopefully, um, in the near future, we might. But uh, I, I, I don't try to take the angle of let me show you how to parent. But I do try to share with our parents, hey, these are things that our kids are struggling with, and I want you to be aware of that. So at home, you can have conversations about these things or set parameters when it comes to technology and the digital age and that sort of thing. Um, but I, I don't, it, it's, you tread, you have to tread lightly uh, and you can get into deep, some deep water if you start telling the parents how to parent. Uh, you want to, if you want right. them to turn them off of your ministry, tell them what they need to do. Exactly. Absolutely. That's a good point. <clears throat> um, another thing that we need to consider is, um, you know, our impact on the family, you know, because some of the things that we do and the parameters we set up and the schedules and, and you know, nights away as far as trips go and, and cost of events, you know, sometimes we need to be sort of cognizant and mindful of, of how that affects the family, you know. So when you're when you're planning these things and, you know, and, and as Andrew and I have this conversation, hopefully this is helping those who are listening, when you plan and schedule events, keep the family in mind, you know, does this event – uh, help the family, um, the family bond, the family circle. Does it, does it hurt it? You know, how does it? You know, balance the cost of camps, retreats, and events. Balance your schedule. Um, set your schedule and stick to it. Don't be adding everything to it. If there's one thing parents absolutely hate, it's inconsistency. And um, and you need to be, we need to be uh, in ministry um, all together. Be consistent in all that we do. And um, and I think that'll that'll fall in line. And, and parents will appreciate that. I appreciate the organization. Oh, yeah. And you brought up a point of uh, finances, uh, you know, being being mindful of uh, money. Uh, I bought a book. 
couple of years ago. It's called the Five Dollar Youth Ministry, and in it are is a lot of ideas um, of things that you can do that cost five dollars or less. Uh, you know, whether it's just scavenger hunts or service projects or or whatever, and so it, it kind of helps uh, for someone who's planning to, to kind of go through that book and say, all right, what are some things that we can do that's not going to cost the family just a, bu- uh, a boatload of money? Uh, we got exposure coming up. Uh, we got CYC and retreats and other things uh, that will cost money for the family. What can we do to still fulfill our purpose but not be shelling out money over and over again because some families just can't do it. And there's kids who come who, who don't have parents that are involved. And if it costs money, they're more than likely not going to be able to participate right. either. <clears throat> and you don't want to have events that, you know, kids aren't coming because of the money. You don't want that to be the reason. Yeah. Um, so that's why you give a balanced um, attack when it comes to the kind of activities you do have. So that, that is cool. Uh, um I like that. That's a five-dollar youth ministry. That's really cool. Um, what part do you think um, being a, a communicator is when it comes to um, not just ministry in general, but let's be let's focus on youth ministry right now. Um, what kind of communicate? Obviously, we need to be a master communicator. I get that, but what sort of what sort of, I don't know what sort of uh, practices do you have in your ministry where, where where you communicate with both parents and kids? Well, um, I tend to, I guess you would say, over-communicate. Uh, our, our parents here um, are very much into texting, uh, so I use kind of the, the Remind app uh, mm-hmm. to remind them of things that are that are upcoming. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I'm not very good at, at phone calls. And so to send a quick text, uh, it, makes a, a, a difference for me than having to sit down and just pick up the phone and call everybody and say, hey, uh, this is what's going on. Uh, love for you to be involved. Also, send out a, an email uh, each Monday to our parents. Uh, email's not as prevalent anymore, but I use MailChimp uh, because it's very visually uh, appealing uh, instead of just your normal email. So maybe more people uh, read it because it's you can just look at pictures and stuff as opposed to having to just read a regular email. Um, and so those are those are the two main ways. And then when we're together on Sundays and Wednesdays, I'll personally talk to the parents and, and say, hey, we got this coming up. Is so-and-so child going to participate? Uh, so I try to do some personal contact as well as just some mass con- communication as well. That's cool. Um, we're, we're very alike in that. Uh, we use the Remind Text here at university, and I've been using MailChimp for, I think, about as long as I've been in ministry completely because it's so cheap. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something you look at is consistency king. That's true. But cheap is good. You know, <laughs> you know, you, we spend so much money in our ministries and things we get for resources, but where you can you can save some money, do that where you can. So that's, that's the case for the Remind Text as well. Well. So, yeah. What I love about MailChimp is also you can see who has read it. So That's if true. you know that a parent hasn't read the email, you can personally go talk to them about things that are coming up. Absolutely. That's absolutely. Yeah, I love that. Plus, it makes us look professional. 
Uh, I'm not a big graphic design guy. I wish I was. I find that applicationally and feel kind of good about myself. Um, but MailChimp makes you look like a professional entity um, yeah. with uh, the setup they have. So I, that's why I love it so much. And I think being a, that communication is really important. Uh, a couple of more things, uh, aspects of this when dealing with parents. Um, you know, we need to offer help to our families in, in times of change. And there's a lot of changes that families face when, you know, from having um, a newborn baby to a child entering into school to a child entering into into the youth ministry when they're graduating and going off to college. There's all these things, and um, and I think that, that we need to, to sort of remember that th these changes are new to these parents. As we are in ministry, they're not new to us anymore. We see families that have dealt with these things, and, and um, we offer our help there. But I think that's a big deal uh, as well, being there for them in times of change. What's your thoughts on that? Um, <clears throat> families uh, in America are really all over the world, especially Amer in America, um, deal with change probably more than they should. Um, you know, it's becoming more and more prevalent where where families are uh, divorcing, um, and, and you didn't really see that growing up, or at least it wasn't as as public when I was right. growing up. But now it's it's more and more prevalent, and uh, my parents went through that as well. And I always think what you go through something for a reason, a purpose, and then I ended up in youth ministry. Now it's prevalent. And I feel like, well, maybe my parents went through that, so now I know how to deal with it and I can talk to others um, uh, about that as well. Uh, but everybody handles change differently. Uh, and so I think it's for us as youth ministers, we, we have to be mindful that things that don't seem like a big change maybe to us uh, is a big change for uh, families, whether it's like you mentioned, going, uh, moving into the youth group or starting school or a divorce or, or you name it. Um, and I think for us, a, a lot of love has to be shown, a lot of encouragement, just being present if, if that's what they need uh, and knowing that everybody deals with it in different ways. Uh, and, and some some changes will be small, some changes will be big. We may have our own opinions of that, but we need to, to deal with it where they are and not really where we are. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, but... Um, yeah, no, that's kind of... awesome. Um, with those changes in mind, what, you know, we think about our relationship with parents. I think that there's ways to validate parents. And I don't think yeah. they need us to validate them, but I think it helps us, you know, with, yeah. with our relationship with them to, to do things. Like like we mentioned last week about going to ball games. And going to ball games are one thing, but don't, and this sounds terrible, and I don't want this to seem like a person that has no humility at all, but when you go to a ball game, don't leave without letting without being seen. You know what I'm saying? It's not about being oh, seen, yeah. but it's about connecting with those parents. You know, visit with the parents. You know, sometimes they're so locked into a game that it's like, don't talk to me. That's me on Saturdays. But um, <laughs> but when it comes to parents, you know, sometimes they're not locked in. Maybe they're there because their child's there, or they're there because they love their kids. You know, talk to the parents. You know, that's how you build that relationship, you know, that kind of thing. So, 
so that's one thing. Uh, compliment parents about their kids. That that's something you could do always. When when my kids do something good, I make sure the parents know that. You know, what what are some other things that you think of that that have um that would benefit um, your relationship with parents because of valid validation there? Or things that you've used. Um, you know, that's a that's a good question. I don't know that I've. I guess maybe given a lot of a thought to it. Um, there, there are times where parents will, will say something, and they'll compliment me for something I did, and I'm just like, oh, well, I didn't realize they even did that. Yeah, uh, yeah. So you know, I, I don't know that I've ever really given it a lot of thought. I just go about my business trying to build relationships uh, with everybody. And uh, mm-hmm. sometimes things stay cold and sometimes things don't. I, I know one parent told me the other day, um, they said, they asked their, their kid, hey, what do you think about Andrew? And he was like, well, the old youth minister never texts me and Andrew blows up my phone. So I think that's a good thing. <laughs> that's cool. So, well, the, the the best thing to that, though, is, is doing it and not realizing it because yeah. it's what you do. And I think that's a, that's a credit to you. That's pretty awesome. Uh, I think we also have to acknowledge the fact that parents love for, care for, and do more for their kids than we ever could. And um, I think once that is um, understood, a parent appreciates a youth minister. Um, the, and I, I mentioned this a few weeks ago, I think, in this podcast about we're sort of the middleman. You know, we don't we don't bring the kids and the parents together, but we're part of the equation that's there if they need us and then to help and to encourage. And so I think that's a, a neat place to be when it comes to that. You know, dealing with parents sometimes can be tough, um, especially if they get, like, angry and upset. And um, yeah. I think there's some things that we can do to, to, to offset that a little bit. You know, like never undermine a parent, okay? Uh, try to walk in their shoes, figure out what they're doing. Um, you know, you kind of take pride in the fact that, um, you know, we don't go off on people. I mean, have, have humility, you know, have a heart. Uh, sometimes things don't go the way a parent wants, and let them have their say. And, um, and I think that's something that, that we, as youth ministers, and, and I'll be honest with you, a lot of us, uh, especially when I, when I was straight out of school, long time ago, straight out of school, you know, we thought we could run the world and do everything. But we need to sometimes remember we need to cool our jets and yeah. remember that these parents have been there longer than we have. And so there's some adjustment that goes with that, but I think humility goes a long way with that as well. Yeah, well, and we we only get to spend, you know, maybe three hours a week with them, uh, with some of them, and the parent uh, gets to spend the rest of the time uh, with them, and they know their child probably a little bit better uh, than we do Uh in some cases. Uh, One thing thing I've always strived to do is to never be too prideful to say, I'm sorry, Um, even if I don't. Even if I feel like I'm not in the wrong to say I'm sorry, because if a if a parent is angry at me, they're angry at me for for some reason, big or small, and just mm-hmm. to simply say you're right, uh, I will make note of that. And I apologize uh, for causing you to get upset. That that goes a long way. Mhm. Absolutely. Any other thoughts before we leave this and get on to something else about the our relationship with parents and how we can work together in, in the in the kingdom? Uh, I think we just realized quite a bit. 
Yeah, just realize that the parents uh, have a huge role in their child's life in preparing them for heaven. And and as a youth minister, just strive to not try to step in and play a role that the parents need to be playing themselves. That's good. That's really good. Awesome. Well, thank you for that. Um, we got a couple more things we need to take care of before we um, finish out today. The first thing I'd like to do, and I, I'm not sure if you – I may have sent you a message on this before, Andrew, but um, <clears throat> we we found an app. Um, you know, and apps, apps, they own our phones. Um, I have quite a few apps on my phone, uh, and we are we are ran by them by what they do and, and their function. And um, I don't know if you got into Pokemon Go or not, but my kids, man, it was it took over our summer. I mean, we had events and stuff, but man, they they are everywhere. We were at a, a Bible study at Big Grass, which is a big you know grassy place between the ball building and the church building, and yeah. We were on the side just listening. Actually, actually, I think it was during Ancon this summer, and um, the president, President Williams, was speaking. A police officer came and drove up to the corner behind the Bible building at the tree. We didn't realize. We just thought, oh, he's going to come and be a part. We saw through the window. It was late at night. We saw him playing Pokemon Go. He checked in. He checked in. And then he drove to another part of the park. He was going all over the church <laughs> to check in and get us stuff. So we know that Pokemon Go was king. But um, but I tell you, we found something, and, and this isn't even out yet. Um, and I'd never heard of this company until until it was presented to me about a month ago by United Games. This is the company that is putting together the Pokemon Go for the sports fan. And um, as I said before on the show, that um, this is supposed to get rid of two things. Okay, it's supposed to get rid of the gambler. Well, there's no gambling. Uh, and it also gets rid of the fantasy fantasy sports. Now, a lot of people would say that's a bad thing. Okay, don't get rid of fantasy sports. Don't have fantasy sports. Well, in fantasy sports, you know, you you decide ahead of time who your lineup is, and yeah. you're pulling for people on different teams, right? And um, if your team's playing somebody, like your your favorite team, okay, and you're pulling for them, and somebody else is against, sometimes you're pulling for the team that's against your your own team, and it's so. You, you have to wait till the game is over. Sometimes you have to wait. Well, you know, we have to wait till Tuesday to figure out what happened on Sunday because of you know Monday night football and everything. But this is an in-game experience. They ask questions pre-game. They'll ask questions. <coughs> you can set it up to ask questions before every drive. How many how many series will it take to get the end zone? Do they make the end zone? Is it a field goal? You know, yes or no. Pick. You make your picks, and um, that's for all sports. And um, it's a free app that's going to come out next month. And now, obviously, it's an app where it's free, but the, the more experience you get, the more, you know, you, you buy t- tokens and be a part of it and everything. But I really think um, this thing is really going to be worthwhile. Have you heard of it? Do you know anything about yeah, it? Yeah, I saw, the, uh, I saw the, the YouTube link. I clicked on it and actually watched it the other day uh, after listening to uh, last week's podcast. And... Uh, my wife would hate it if I had this app um, because <laughs> I already am so into the games uh, that our conversation is at a minimal. And if this app would pull me even further into that game where we might not even talk at all. Uh, but it looks it looks uh, pretty awesome. Uh, I, I like the fact that um, it, it'll ask questions 
questions ahead of time, and, and you can you can mark that and make your predictions or whatever, and gain coins based off that, as well as mm-hmm. engaging you in the game and, and asking you things like, uh, you know, will there be a penalty on this drive? You know, uh, stuff right. like that to me is fun. Just making making predictions. Uh, it's always great if you're right, um, but I, I loved the, this concept that they've come up with in, in pulling people even further into the game that they're watching. Right. Well, um, and I like the way you put that. Um, I, I, now, here's the thing. You'll, your wife will love this. Um, and we're gonna, I'm going to share something today we didn't share last week. Right now, and, and let me say this right now, and Andrew, you, we've known each other. I don't know if you realize this. We've known each other for most of your life. Uh, yeah. Myself being from Decatur um, originally, and obviously you're from Decatur. Um, uh, love your folks. Uh, I just um, love your family. So we don't have a long time. Uh, I have. Here's the deal. When it comes to to the sports itself, um, the way this is set up is we don't even have to. We don't have to play the game. All we have to do is find people that will. Um, but for as long as you've known me uh, in, in our adult life, uh, I've never, not one time to my knowledge, ever sent anything to anyone to say, look at this, I want you to invest. Never. I'm just, I don't do that. I don't have, if anybody knows me, they know I have no time for that. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I do youth work for a living. In my spare time, I do youth work. Uh, It's just, it's my (laughs) life. It's what I do. And I love it. You know, we love it. It's it's the kind of people that we are. Uh, But, you know, roll tide. I love Alabama football. I'm a Braves fan. You know, whether they win, lose, or whatever. so, so I love sports. I love sports. Um, but, but here's the deal. I found this, and, and um, originally it was a $30 buy-in. You pay 30 bucks, you're in, you never play it again, and you pay like a $9 fee each month to keep like an unlimited amount of coins. So you get to play all you want, you know. But that's being an affiliate. Once they get that affiliate, I believe it's um, what the tenth of I believe it's the tenth of October that the affiliate opportunity is gone. And the business has the, the foundational money-making opportunity there. And then after that, it's just a free app. So what happened was, and here it is now, it sounds like a scheme, but um, yeah, exactly, uh, is that now it's a $40 buy-in for the last week because we got like a, like a week and a half, I think, now. And then it's just $9 a month. But once we get in, you get, that money is going to come in. And what happened was the DVR destroyed commercials, you know, and, and I can't I can't stand watching um, sports, the Bama game, uh, in in the past. You know what I'm saying? I hate having yeah. to you know fast forward to get back up, but not having to watch commercials is my favorite. You know, and and that's where they make the money because they put they pop up the Nike and the Reebok and things like this through the app. And when that pops up, the affiliates are making money, and um, it's a great partnership. It's really it's really want, it's really a neat thing to do. So um, uh, anyway, that, that's that's what I want to say about that. Um, I say if you have any questions about it, contact. Give me a give me a shout out. Send me an email at ps at paulsperlin dot com, and I'll give you more information on that. But time is running out. But I will say this, and they were, we were told this this past week. Every late night show in America wants the the owners of this app on there to talk about it. So once it hits the the media waves, it is going to go crazy. And and here's the thing here, and I know and I'm doing a lot of talking here, and I want you to be able to interject your thoughts on this as well. Um, here's, the, here's the deal. Um, it's a low-risk, high-reward opportunity. 
again, this doesn't sound like anything that Paul Sperling would say, but I'm telling you, if there's a chance to make a little side money um, in a legit way, watching the things we love the most on Saturdays and Sunday afternoons, you know, I'm all in. So um, that's sort of that's sort of where I'm on that. You got any thoughts on, on the app or anticipation of what it might be? Well, I think I think that if the avid sports fans buy into this app, it's really going to take off and blow up because it's not just football. It's baseball. It's basketball. It's yeah. any any sport, really, uh, that uh, you can think of. Rugby, cricket, you know, things that we don't mm-hmm. even watch in America, you can be a part of on this app. Uh, and so, you know, there is something for everyone uh, with this app, whether they watch football, whether they watch cricket, um, you name it, they got it. Uh, and I, I think I think that it's really going to take off. Yeah. Um, well, and the the great thing is this: if you don't like it, you can cancel any time, and they stop charging that nine dollars a month. So, and that's to the affiliate. If you want to play for free, play for free. But that's the affiliate, and so um, that's the great thing. It, it seems like a really good deal. So, right. but anyway, that's that. And um, uh, I, I love hearing you talk about it, Andrew. I like hearing other people talk about it. So, um, maybe we can shine that for a little bit. Okay. So uh, let's move it on. Moving on, talking about some football. We got some big games happening this Saturday. They're calling it Separation Saturday in the SEC. Uh, also, some Big Ten action going on. Um, Alabama playing Kent State. Probably won't say a whole lot about that unless you just want to. Uh, I will ask you this, Jalen Hurts. Tell me your thoughts so far. Give us a three-week report card. Well, the the game of the season for me was how well would he do at Ole Miss on the road. And he started off kind of slow. He was he was consistent in his passing, uh, but once he got the wheels rolling, I, I love this guy. I love watching him play. Uh, he's a competitor. He uh, he doesn't allow things to just rattle him. He he could have his season could have been over the first play he was in against USC where he fumbled. That could have just you know really caused him to come off the tracks. But he recomposed himself. And I, I love I love watching him play. He's a competitor. Hmm. Yeah, I think he's great. I think it's about thinking time. <laughs> I mean, you know, you have the Cam Newtons out here and the Jameis Winston's out there, and why can't we have one uh, quarterback that can run it and um, and also throw it? And they say he's running it. He, he ran it a lot. What was it? 147 yards against Ole Miss because because no one else would run it, but. I think you still had you still had uh, Damian Harris that was running the ball. You had Jacobs out there. Um, Bo Scarborough, he's averaging what maybe three yards a carry. I think they're yeah. wanting a little more out of him. But I mean, I just don't want him to get hurt. I want him to run the ball, but I don't want him to get hurt. <laughs> I think he's the answer, and I'm looking forward to seeing him play further. Yeah, well, it, the defense has one more person to prepare for. In the past, mm-hmm. they knew our quarterback was going to sit in the pocket. They were going to throw the ball. And now there's one more aspect that they have to prepare for, which makes Alabama even a more dangerous team than they already are. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, let's let's get some picks here going, and then we'll close out for the day. I really appreciate you for being with me today. Uh, we got um, Ole Miss just um, got beat by Bama this past week, uh, but they're staying at home, and the Georgia Bulldogs come in. 
um, ranked at number 12 in the nation, um, taking on number 23 Ole Miss. What's your thoughts on that game? Uh, I cannot get a good read on, on Georgia. Um, they they look good against UNC. Next week, Nickel State plays them close. Then they have to come back and win against Missouri. I think at home, Ole Miss takes this one. Uh, they may get up 21 points again, but I think maybe, just maybe this time, they don't lose the lead. Right, right. <laughs> well, maybe this is the time they break that streak there. Um, uh, Georgia has Chubb, and I, I really haven't been able to find anything else they really have to benefit. Um, squeaking out games with teams they shouldn't be squeaking it out by and coming from behind against teams they shouldn't come back from behind on. I think Ole Miss just has, has too many other weapons uh, to offer on that. Um, I'm saving one SEC game for the very end uh, in, in hopes that one of our Tennessee brethren, or I should say a sister, will call me because she's a big Tennessee fan. She wants to give her plug on this. It's a shame that John won't be able to talk about his Gators, but we'll try to give him some love on that in a little bit. Um, but we have LSU um, going into the Plains, taking on taking on Auburn. Um, what, what, where are you on on that on that game when you got number eighteen LSU coming in to take on the Auburn Tigers? Well, Gus Malzahn's offense has always lived and died by having a true dual threat quarterback who could actually pass the ball and who could run. They do not have that because they can't figure out which quarterback they want to use. And I think LSU comes in and, and maybe maybe puts a whooping on them this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to look bad. It's going to be bad. Uh, Etling is uh, looking really good for LSU. I think they finally got the quarterback situation fixed there. And I think everything changed. I think it's almost like the playbook changed. Just like Cam Cameron just – he found a way to make it happen <laughs> with his new quarterback. But, uh, yeah, Auburn's having a lot of trouble living here so close to, to – um, to the school and a lot of graduates here from Auburn. It's um, it's, it's kind of rough right now. Um, and I see their offense shore up, but I, I don't know that's going to happen this weekend. Uh, I think it could be a defensive struggle too because both schools have good defenses. Um, so uh, that will be interesting. I would probably give the edge to LSU on that uh, with you as well. Uh, number seven, Arkansas, going in to take on the Texas A&M Aggies, number 10 in the nation. Um, this is one of those big games that will show who's who in the West. Um, what do you think? Uh, to me, I like this game a whole lot better than Florida and Tennessee. Um, uh-huh. Arkansas, someone said this week, they may be the team to unseat Alabama in the West. And so far, they have uh, proven themselves with big wins uh, over their opponents like uh, TCU. Uh, but Texas A&M has the guy from Oklahoma leading the troops and uh, – I will never forget him running all over Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. Uh, and so I think this this will be probably a, a lot closer than, than most people think and could be the game of Saturday. Uh, but I think that Arkansas, with their their physical uh, line play and their dominance on the line, will, will pull this one off. Oh, wow. Going to get the 12th man there. Whoo. I'm going to differ on you on this one. I'm going to go with Texas A&M, um, and uh, let's see what happens on that one. Um, got a few more games here going on. Um, Penn State's going in to take on number four, Michigan. I keep wondering. Um, you don't have to take the game. I would assume you'd probably take Michigan, but 
Has Michigan even played anybody yet? I mean, they almost got taken down by Colorado, but everybody else they're just they haven't quite got into their schedule yet. What's your what's your your thoughts just on Michigan and 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 Harbaugh and his attitude and <laughs> what do you think? Well, I can't stand Jim Harbaugh, uh, <laughs> but I don't I don't think this is a game they will lose. Uh, Penn no. State just has not got the wheels rolling uh, this year and. Uh, was beat by uh, Pittsburgh earlier in the season, and and I think this one might be ugly on Saturday. Yeah, I'm afraid so too. Well, the last one we'll talk about today uh, is the the game in Knoxville uh, between the Gators and the Volunteers. Uh, Florida comes in at number 19 without their starting quarterback, um, Luke Del Rio, which I, I'm a fan of. Um, was a fan of his dad's when he played and also when um, coaching now. But um, and Luke, being a former Bama guy, was trying to go somewhere where he could he could be a quarterback, could be a starter, and he's Michael McElwain. I thought that was a neat pairing of the two. I thought he's done pretty well, but now he's out for two or three weeks. Um, enter Appleby, a former Purdue um, quarterback. You know, we got a couple of those. That leaves another one from LSU. Uh, what do you think about Appleby? Will he be able to go in Knoxville, take care of it? You know, do you have Tennessee, who always decides to start playing in the second half? Um, what are your thoughts on this, Andrew? You know, both Tennessee and, and Florida have not really played probably up to the potential they could so far. Uh, Del Rio has has been good. Uh, Florida has played some cupcake teams that they've won. Uh, Tennessee uh, had a victory over a Power 5 team in Virginia Tech, uh, but they've played down to the level of Ohio and Appalachian State. And if Tennessee is going to live up to expectations, this is a game they have to win. Uh, They have to to break the streak uh, that Florida has going on with 11 games. but Tennessee has not shown that they have that potential yet. Uh, so, uh, with Appleby, uh, I think I think with McIlwain's system, he can plug in a quarterback. They just have to be sort of a game manager like they were at Alabama. And he plugs in Appleby, and they go for the 12th straight uh, this year uh, up in Neyland Stadium. Wow. So you're calling for the Gator win. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. It's been 2004 since UT has enjoyed a win against the Gators. 2004. Um, man, I think this game is going to be so close. I think um, – but I think uh, the Gators' defense is better than Tennessee's. And I think that yeah. gives them the edge because, um, of course, you got Eric Dobbs. You know, he could, he could, he could take that ball and run it um, and will probably need to. Uh, to get things started. Oh man, I don't know. Well, there's a because, you know there's so many factors, and we just don't know a whole lot about these these teams so so far because they haven't really played anybody. Yeah, Tennessee played Virginia Tech, but they had to come back from 14 down to win <laughs> that game. That is true. Every game they played, the other team's been in it, and it's yeah. like, what's going on? And I'll say right now, if Luca Del Rio if he doesn't go down, uh, there's no question the game's win this ball game. Oh, no question. But I think not knowing um, the workings of Apple Beagle, you know, of course, he could, my understanding is he can run too. And um, yeah. and I, I wonder if he could assert himself as, 
put himself in that place where can Luke uh, Del Rio come back if Appleby asserts himself as the as the starter. So because that discussion is happening, I, I gotta uh I got a lot of friends in Tennessee. I'm just gonna go to Tennessee here in a couple weeks and I'll be looking at them face to face and I'll have to tell them sorry, I picked the Gators because I think that they will they will win in Neal Stadium. That's gonna be huge. Oh huge. Can you imagine the atmosphere? I, that's gonna go crazy. Oh, and that's that's really the X factor. If Florida can go in and take out the home crowd in the beginning, I think yeah, Florida wins. True. But if they can't, that's if they true. cannot get the crowd out of the game. Tennessee stays in it and may pull it off in the end. But I'm going to stick with yeah. Florida. Yeah, yeah, good point. I like that. That's a good. Yeah, absolutely. The atmosphere is everything. No doubt about it. Um, wow. Okay. Hey, while we're talking, um, I, don't, I don't get to get you out here every week, but um, uh, who's your final four? It's easy to say it now because we've had about almost three weeks, three or four weeks. Who do you like in a, in a championship in the playoffs? Uh, well, at the beginning of the season, it, it, w- it definitely has changed because some of mine have been yeah. knocked I out. I would have would have thought Florida State was in there, but they got demolished, man, uh-huh. uh, by Louisville. Uh, I think uh, Louisville and Houston, that game is going to determine who gets the last spot in the playoff. Um huh. But I think Louisville ends up in the playoffs uh, along with um, Alabama. You can say I'm a homer, but I really like this team. Uh, they got a great defense. Oh, man. Uh, uh, Alabama, Louisville. Uh, I think uh, Ohio State may be there. Uh, it'll come down, I think, between Ohio State and Michigan. Uh, and then the third spot, I don't really know. Uh, it's been a toss-up. Uh, I don't know if uh, a team from the Pac-12 might might insert themselves in there. This might be the year where we have two teams from one conference in the playoff. Uh, so I, I'm not I'm not real sure, uh, but I do like Alabama, Ohio, Ohio State, and Louisville to get in because Louisville uh, they just have to get past their schedule uh, and yeah. get past Houston, and I think they're in. I wonder if Clemson puts together big now next week. And they'll, you know, they're taking on Louisville next week. I'm not real sure where that game's being played, uh, but uh, but that'll be a good game. Louisville Clemson, not this week, but next week. Um, well, the winner of that, that game. Yeah, go ahead. That game's going to be uh, a track meet between Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson. It'd be crazy. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think the winner of that is my fourth in, in my. In my top four, I got Alabama, Ohio State, Stanford, uh, and um, and the winner of Louisville, Clemson. I think one of those makes it. I said Clemson before. Um, it looks good now because Florida State's out, but it doesn't look good because Louisville's looking so good right now. Yeah, but, uh, it should be should be neat. Well, Andrew, I man, see, Go ahead. I'd love to see a, a team from the group of five make it in there. Uh, I'd love to see a Houston make it in there. They've proven themselves. Uh, you know, yeah. They ended the season beating Florida State. They started the season beating Oklahoma. And I know their schedule is weak uh, compared to other people's schedules, but if they get to the end and they play Louisville and they can overcome Louisville, they have a shot at being in, in the top four, I think. But watch this. If they do get in the top four, everybody else can talk about how that we need eight or we need six because you, yeah. you snubbed out these other conferences, and that's what – man, drives me crazy on all that, but – I don't know. Maybe the organization of uh, of how everything's set up needs to turn into the, the tournament deal. It can't be a big tournament because that's 
time is money, and you know how that goes. Yeah, well, I would love to see them take the semifinals and move it to college campuses. Uh, Oh, yeah. If you think about the money that the average fan – just think about the money that the Alabama fans spent last year when they went to Dallas and they watched Michigan State and Alabama play, and then they went Mm -hmm. to the the championship game. I mean, they they spent a lot of money to watch those two games. I would love to see – it, the playoffs be given back to college football and say, all right, the semifinals, the top seeds are going to play at home, and then the championship game will be played within the bowl system like it has been in the past. Right. Right. Hmm. Yeah, that I would love to to give the winners of the games the, the, the you know the up of, of you get to go home and play because you you've earned this rather than make make crazy things happen like. Teams in SEC having to play in California, it doesn't make any sense. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm definitely with you on that. Man, I really appreciate you for joining me today. I, I'm, um, I do want to say good luck on your CDL test. Um, it's not as bad as all that, but uh, but um, I do appreciate you for taking the time. Uh, do, do you have anything you like to plug? Uh, I know you got a, a good blog you put out and some good things that y'all are doing. Um, some things that you'd like to plug while you're here? Well. Um... Yeah, we. I, I'll help with uh, walking in the footsteps. Uh, it's great. Um, you know, just like Adventures in Ministry, uh, different writers uh, putting out different blogs, different thoughts. Um, love for you to go and check that out. Walking in the footsteps dot com. Jonathan Jeremy does a great job, kind of keeping that that going. Um, and of course, as you pointed out earlier, Exposure Youth Camp is coming up, and October 1st registration will open, and uh, we will be taking a group for the first time here at Rogersville, and you didn't ask about numbers, but I'm going to tell you, we already have 22 people signed up Oh my uh, that want to go awesome. for the first time. Oh, that is great. Yeah. Oh, so we're excited so about that. Man, it's awesome. Now if we wait. can get you know some of these other Florence guys on board, uh, we could really this thing. Yeah, there's some great guys in Florence. I tell you, we need to get them in there, and um, they've they've been talked to. We've got a couple of them, so uh, <laughs> we 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 introduced them to Huntsville, and there's Chris and everything. So yeah, get those guys on. We'd love to have you for that. Well, yeah. um, for Andrew Thompson and the missing John Podon, he did. I, I will I will release his pick for the Florida Tennessee game. I know the shock people. He probably would have picked Florida, um, whether they are any good or not. Uh, I will give that. And so for, for Andrew, for, for John, and myself, um, I do want to invite you to go to adventuresinministry.com. Check out the website, podcast, resources, the AIM series. Watch that. It's good stuff. Uh, we finish up with David Shannon this next Wednesday. Looking forward to it. Hope you'll check that out as well. Have a great day. Download the app, and uh, we will see you next week on the John and Paul radio show.